Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. Luke chapter 15, reading from the very first verse, Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for the hearing. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners, and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. And I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than over the ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Either what woman, having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle, and sweep the house, and seek diligently till she find it? And when she has found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Let us pray. Our Father, we are joyful this evening for the privilege of sharing from the depths of our heart the good things of the gospel and the hearing of the music and seeing the demonstration before us of these who have so wonderfully brought the gospel to us in song. We thank you, our Father, for each one who's come this evening, and may our hearts be filled with your love as we look now into your word, for we pray in Christ's name. Amen. In the days of the Lord, the attitude of the Jewish people was that only good people God would have anything to do with. And the Pharisees and Sadducees were very much disturbed when they saw Jesus, who claimed to be the Messiah, dealing with sinners, eating with them, fellowshipping with them, going home with them. One of the worst of all sinners stood at his feet at a public dinner and allowed her tears to drop down on his feet. And when she discovered what she had done, she got down with her hair and wiped his feet. And the people around him were very upset and angry that he would take such an attitude. But his responses were, They that are whole do not need a physician, but they that are sick. Jesus spent his time with the lost. Because righteous don't need him. If you're righteous, you don't need the Lord. Only if you're a sinner. And we're all sinners. We're lost. The only thing that will keep us out of eternal hell is the fact that we have believed in and received the Lord Jesus Christ. I think 
David must have been thinking about these very thoughts when he wrote the 23rd Psalm. And I want to go through it briefly. Because the Psalm talks about the 90 and 9 that were saved and that were in the fold, but there was one that was not in. But the first thoughts that go through his mind is the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And it reminds him that he is secure. That he, like the sheep that he has just put into the fold, can be safe because he is within the care of God. Let me tell you, I'm glad tonight that I'm in the fold. I'm glad tonight that I'm a Christian. Sheila, a year ago you couldn't have said what you said this evening about where you're going. We have a new destination because we have been brought into the family of God. And it is His arms like a father that are around us that holds us and keeps us secure. And as David saw his sheep there in front of him as he took care of his father's flock, he began to pen the words that we have come to know so well. When he looked at his sheep, but he thought, The Lord is my shepherd as I am the shepherd of these sheep. And as the sheep place their complete confidence in Him, so we can place our complete confidence in God. Jesus said over in the book of Matthew, in chapter 6, beginning in verse 25, let me read it quickly to you. Therefore I say to you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor for your body what ye shall put on. Is not life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, and neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them, are, they not, are ye not much better than they? And which of you by taking thought can add one cubit into his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, and neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall, not, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For all these things the Gentiles, that is, sinners, seek. But your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Do you hear the confidence in those words? We need not be worried about everyday life and where our food's coming from and our clothing's coming from and our, all the things that, that we seem to need and desire as human beings upon this earth because of something much more important. Much more important, and that's the security of our soul. And our soul is secure in the Father, and therefore we can relax and not be over-anxious and concerned about our plight in life because the Father knows, already knows, that we have need of food and clothing and shelter and care 
And he is willing to give those things and many, many other things to his children because he loves them. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, David said. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. At noontime, in the shepherds of Israel, they brought their sheep to a shady spot where there was nice green grass, soft earth, and there the sheep lay down to rest. They were in comfort. Their burdens of seeking something to eat were gone, and for a while they could rest because he had them to lie down in green pastures. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight that he who labors and is heavy laden could come to him and he would give them rest. And yet we struggle and fuss and fret over our situation in life and do not realize that we can come to the Lord and lay our burdens in his hands and he will say, lie down in the green grass. Take your rest. I'll take care of things. When will we as Christian people really put ourselves in his hands? He says he leads me beside still waters. I don't know if you know it or not, but sheep don't like to drink from running water. They want quiet water. David said, My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. Jesus said, If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. Are you spiritually hungry? Are you spiritually thirsty? Your soul can be satisfied in Jesus. Isaiah said, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat, without money and without price. What God gives will cost you nothing. Cost you nothing. Just come. He will give it. He restoreth my soul. One of the things that a shepherd did at the end of the day was examine every one of his sheep. He would caress them. He would scratch them behind the ears. I don't know if you ever did that with a sheep. You know how you do it with your dog or your cat. And what that does is soothes. It's the comfort provided by a master to his livestock. I've scratched behind the ears of many sheep. I used to have a lot of sheep. It would soothe them, make them quiet, calm their soul, speak to them lowly, and they will settle down. There comes a time when every one of us need to have our soul restored in the Lord. That's why we come to church. Several of you have said to me, and a few of you in particular, have said, I didn't really want to come to church today, but I made myself come, and now I'm so glad I did. I don't know if any of you felt that way today. You really didn't want to come tonight, but I bet when you leave the service tonight, you will have say, you will say it has been good to have been in the house of the Lord. If for nothing more to hear what these people say. It has been good. He restores my soul. 
Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thy rod and thy staff they comfort me. From Jerusalem out to the pasture land, there was a valley four and one half miles long, only ten to twelve feet wide, with steep cliffs up to a hundred, a fifteen hundred feet high. And the sheep would have to pass up this narrow gorge of a morning to the pasture field, four and a half miles away, and at night they could come back down the gorge. You never went the opposite direction because no two flocks of sheep could pass in that narrow gorge. But in that gorge there were crevices as deep as eight feet continually. And sometimes the sheep would have to jump over the crevice to go up the other side of, of this gorge. But in that gorge were lurking robbers, lions, wolves, other wild animals that would prey upon the sheep. The sheep were consciously aware that as they went down or up that valley, they were literally in the valley of death, where at any time the enemy could pounce upon them and take their life, or where they might fall into the, into the crevice, make a misstep, and they would be lost because the shepherd was way up ahead and he wouldn't know what was happening behind him. He was leading his sheep. <coughs> And David said, even though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not have fear because my shepherd with his rod and his staff, they protect me, they comfort me, they take care of me. In the hands of the master, the sheep can be secure. When we go out into this world, tomorrow morning, all next week, we go out many times as sheep among wolves. But we don't need to fear the things that man throws at us because we're under the protection of the greatest shepherd there ever has been known, the Lord Jesus Christ. We're in his protection. And it is his rod and his staff that bring us comfort. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. What was he talking about? Well, the shepherd in Israel went out before his sheep, and he had a sharp stick, and he looked out for, for poison plants, and he would gouge out those plants in front of his sheep in order that they might not get a poisonous plant. And therefore, whatever was left behind him as he went, the sheep were able to eat without fear. The thing I want us to notice is that we follow the shepherd. The shepherd is not behind us, driving us. The Lord goes before his people and prepares the way. If you have a burden on your heart to talk to someone that is lost, pray about it, and the Lord will beat you there. He will be before you, preparing the way. Don't be overly concerned about what you might say. Yes, you want to think about it and, and meditate upon it and pray about it. But remember, the Lord is leading the way. And he will prepare the ground before you. He anointeth my head with oil. The sheep would come to the shepherd at the end of the day, stop before him, and he would examine the wounds that the sheep had, and into those wounds he would pour oil that the wounds might heal. 
We need to come to the Lord with our wounds. Some are fresh wounds just made. Some are old wounds that have been reopened because of perhaps family conflict or or difficult problems in our life. If there is a person here that has not been wounded in his life, I'd like to know what your secret is. Because life deals us blows that wounds us. But listen, there is a shepherd at the door with a bowl of oil. And as we stop before the shepherd, he examines our wounds and he pours in healing oil and covers it over. And the wound is healed because the shepherd cares. But let's go back to the story of the 99. Jesus said there was a man who had 100 sheep. And that evening as he brought them into the fold, he counted them as he always did, and he discovered that he only had 99. One was missing. There's a beautiful old hymn. We're not going to take the time to sing, but it says there were 90 and 9 that safely lay in the shelter of the fold, but one was out in the hills away, far off from the streets of gold. Away on the mountain, wild and bare, away from the tender shepherd's care, away from the tender shepherd's care. Lord, thou hast here thy ninety and nine, are they not enough for thee? But the shepherd made answer, this is mine, has wandered away from me, and although the road is rough and steep, I go to the desert to find my sheep, I go to the desert to find my sheep. But none of the ransomed ever knew how deep were the waters cross, nor how dark was the night that the Lord passed through ere he found his sheep that was lost. Out in the desert he heard its cry, sick and helpless and ready to die, sick and helpless and ready to die. Lord, whence are these blood drops all the way that mark out the mountain trek? They were shed for one who had gone astray ere the shepherd could bring him back. Lord, whence are thy hands so rent and torn? They're pierced tonight by many a thorn. They're pierced tonight by many a thorn. But all through the mountain, thunder riven, and up from the rocky steep, there arose a glad cry to the gates of heaven. Rejoice, I have found my sheep. And the angels echoed around the throne. Rejoice, for the Lord bring back, brings back his own. Rejoice. Oh, the Lord brings back his own. A good shepherd in the days of Israel would give his life for his sheep. The hireling would allow the robbers to come in and take them, but the master, the owner of the sheep, would protect them with his life. We belong to Jesus Christ. And he has protected us with his life and gave it because he loved us enough to go searching for us. The question is, do we love our friends and our neighbors enough to pray for them, to work for the salvation, to never lose hope that they're going to be saved, never lose hope that the shepherd is going to find them, 
there in the crevice that fallen amongst the robbers in that valley of the shadow of death. And when the shepherd discovers there's only 99 that are in the fold, one becomes more important than all the rest. And the scripture tells us that there is joy in heaven right here in the scripture that we read, joy in the presence of angels over one sinner that repents. Our prayer must be, our goal as a church must be for that one lost. Not the 99, but the one lost. I'm glad the Lord counts sheep. Because there was a day that he counted his flock and I wasn't one of them. He went looking for me. There was a day when the Lord counted his sheep and you weren't one of them. He went looking for you. He found you. Lost, bewildered, distressed, fearful, belligerent, uncertain, angry, whatever adjective might be properly applied to your life, and the Lord loved you enough to go to the cross of Calvary and die for you and for me. And surely, the least that you and I can do is lay before the Lord the name of a person whom we love enough to want to see them saved with all our heart. That's what I want us to do tonight. Concentrate on the one, not on the 99. We're all here. The Lord's out searching. Will we help him in his search? Just for one lost, that person in your life, those two people in your life that you love dearly, We're going to listen to the organ in a moment. And she's going to play the hymn, I'm Praying for You. And as she gets ready to do that, I want to read you the words. It says, I have a Savior. He's pleading in glory. A dear loving Savior, though earth friends be few, and now he is watching in tenderness for me. But oh, that my Savior were your Savior too. For you. For you. I'm praying. In a moment you're going to do this very thing. For you. I'm praying. For you. I am praying. I'm praying for you. I have a Father to me. He has given a hope for eternity blessed and true and soon he will call me to meet him in heaven but oh that he let me bring you with me too for you I'm praying I'm praying for you I have a robe his resplendent in whiteness awaiting in glory my wandering view oh when I receive it all shining in brightness dear friend could I see you receiving yours too? When he has found me, tell others the story. When he has found you, tell others the story. That my loving Savior is your Savior too. 
and then pray that your Savior may bring them in glory, and prayer will be answered, is answered for you. For you I am praying, for you I am praying, for you I am praying, I am praying for you. She's going to play that number. I want us to bow our heads just a moment. You can go ahead and start playing, if you will, Lorena. I want you to pray for that individual, those two or three, ever how many names you've written on your paper. Pray right now that God would touch their heart and soul. Lord, the names that we lay before you tonight are the people that we love most dearly who are not in the fold. We are in the fold and we thank you for the security of it. But our Father, we're concerned about that one who is lost. We bring that person to you tonight. Only you and we know. But our Father, we believe in the power of prayer. And where we're gathered together in your name, that you will there perform great miracles in your name. Bring the power of the Spirit to bear upon the heart and soul of the people for whom we pray tonight as we lay their name before you. Then our Father, as we light a candle and surround this church in a great circle of love and fellowship, we ask that you would speak to each of our hearts in a very special way, and as we have need, that we would yield to that need. We yield our hearts to you this night as your children, for it is his name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask someone to turn the lights out of the back, and Sheila's going to light the candles in the window. I'm going to turn the lights out up here. I want you to continue to pray and think about the person for whom you're praying. Spirit, our Father, upon us, but most especially upon them, warm our hearts with the power of your Spirit this night, 
as we remember that you died for us and gave your life that we might live. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Steve is going to come and stand up to the front and hand you a candle. We'd like for everyone to share in this. Whether you're a member of this church or not is of no importance. What your decision might be in your personal relationship with the Lord is private. We would like for all of you to come, take a candle and light it. Those on this side, would you circle the side of the church? And those over here, would you circle this until we've made a complete circle? around the church and as you come if you have done so and written the name upon the paper which is deposited in the plate as you come by as your representation that you are placing this person before Jesus Christ tonight and praying that God's spirit would this coming year save their soul would you do that understand as we begin just come right on up and take a candle and, and light it it may take just a little while to do it but we'll not worry about the time we have uh, capability of lighting three at a time, so come right on and do that. You'll need to shelter the, the light just a little as you go.
winding up that we're not to put our light under a bushel but on a candlestick that it might give light to all who are in the house. I know that that which we do this evening and lighting the candle represents the commitment of our lives to the Lord Jesus and to this church as it represents the Lord in this community to proclaim his truth to our lost brothers and friends. This is my light and this is your light in this community. And as people see us, we trust that they will not just see us, but they will see the greater light, Jesus Christ, the light of the world. That we are merely a reflection from Him. His light, you know, on the cross of Calvary, did not dim the hopes of the world. Instead of dimming the hopes of made brighter, we have light in this entire church this evening with our lives with experience and from the hearts of several people this evening who shared so wonderfully in the depths of our hearts the their feelings about Christ and what he means to them. We all share this this evening because of what Christ has done for us. And it would be a shame that if we would put our light in the crucial and not let people see Christ through us. I hope that's that which we're doing this evening, but be your witness to this community, and most particularly your witness to the person whose name you wrote upon the paper that you claim for the throne of God. We're going to keep those papers so this in order to have them and throughout the year, we're going to continue to pray that God's light would become their light, and His light would shine into their light. Singularly, we can't do much, but together we may bring light to Jesus Christ. Let your light so shine for men they may see your good works that glorify your Father. This light represents that desire to do night and see salvation coming to the lives of others with our light will bring us back. We're going to close this evening. One person will meet in the book of all, of have thine own way, Lord. I ask for to stay at the order to play it. Have thine own way, Lord, and have thine own way. I hope you will make this your prayer tonight as we sing it. Hold all my being absolute sway. Let us sing it together.
the hearts of the people for whom we pray, even now, may every heart yield and be molded after thy will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll receive automatic notifications and downloads when a new message is added to the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star review and take the opportunity to share stories, memories, and appreciation for James Sheets and how God used him to impact your life. If you'd like to know why and how this podcast got started, check out our first episode. Lastly, if you want to donate to help offset the cost of operating this podcast, you'll find a link to our PayPal account in the podcast description and email us at james.com sheets.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.